When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Nomad, host and creator of the Career Musician Podcast. Why do they call me Nomad? Well, I traveled the globe, spreading the joy of music one song at a time. And now I bring you wisdom, tried and true knowledge, and life experiences of my colleagues and peers in this crazy business we call music. In today's episode, we have Dave Hooper, Los Angeles-based session and touring drummer extraordinaire. This is the Career Musician Podcast with your host, Nomad. Larry Graham from Graham Central Station, Lee Rittenauer from the Rippingtons, Shaka Khan, Tony Braxton, Cheryl Crow, and the list goes on and on. Actually, Dave and I worked together with Donny Osmond. That's right. Puppy love, baby. Anyway, Hoop, as I refer to him so dearly, is the man. I love his style of drumming. He's efficient. He's tasteful. He's soulful. He's spot on. And you know what? As a musician, as a sideman, quote unquote, a career musician, he is always prepared. And that is the key to the gig, ladies and gentlemen. But we also discuss his brand new website called possiblechops.com. He is burning it up. And remember, it's vital to always be prepared for the unexpected. Dave Hooper, drummer to the stars and beyond. Well, thank you for having me. I creator, absolutely, creator of PossibleChops.com, mm-hmm. father and husband, uh-huh. and, you know, all these great things. So, yes, welcome. Well, thank you. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm, you know, we're old friends and, uh, you know, I love your podcast, so I'm excited to be on it. Thank That's you, cool. man. Yeah. Thank you. So, so Dave and I were just sitting here talking about you know, Possible Chops, right? And the, the website build and, and how it's almost like an arduous task to take these things on. And, and as musicians, we're always looking for uh, other sources of income, right? And you said, hey, you know what? I believe, and I'll let you take the ball. We were talking about the niche, and you were saying it is a niche market again mm-hmm. because it's almost like there's the market saturation with everything else. So yeah. talk a little bit about that, and then, <clears throat> and then we're going to go back and talk about your history and stuff. Yeah, well, uh, I noticed that the Internet being what it is, and it just gets bigger and bigger every year, and there's more and more musicians offering music lessons online on every instrument and uh, primarily the long form lessons, you know, where you see the guy on camera talking into the camera, (laughs) uncomfortably so much much of the time, uh, trying to explain what they're doing. And uh, I had had this idea with my childhood friend, Gary Novak, and we were talking about how you add new ideas to your playing. And most of the time, and I'm sure it's true on all instruments so you can speak to guitar it's easy to get new ideas from other players if you're in the same room with them and they play something cool you have an opportunity to say okay stop that was neat (laughs) show you know show me that right i want to learn that i want to absorb that into my playing and so possible chops was born from that idea um because drummers absolutely get together and jam and it's 
loud and kind of obnoxious with having two drummers, you know, in the same room. <laughs> but I have them play, it's even more so. But So that's where it came from. And uh, I know you're doing lessons as well, and it's interesting to study the Internet and people's attention span. And I'm not the young guy anymore, but I do see attention spans get shorter and shorter. Yes. And uh, this idea of getting somebody to sit with you for 30 minutes and actually pay attention for 30 minutes... Um, seems it's, it's tough almost now. archaic. It's almost an archaic business model, wouldn't you think? I, you I do. Agree? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think um, you know, so many kids are learning to do everything on YouTube. Yeah. You know, I, right. I, and I got to say I'm guilty of it too, you know, even with everyday things. You yes. know, I got Fix something in my house. I'm like, well, let me just get on YouTube. And, right. You know, but uh, I'm at the point when I watch YouTube <laughs> tutorials, I get so impatient with the person teaching. I'm like, don't say hello. Just get to the point. <laughs> well, I would say that's uh, the that, point that of is. possible chops. Is we just all we're doing is hammer and nails. That's and, there's no hi, welcome, and blah blah blah. You know, that's my name is Dave. Okay, well okay. that is our intro. Possiblechops.com. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna close with that, and we're gonna talk yeah, yeah. about the particulars and the logistics and details and whatnot. But who, growing up, you have a good story that you've told. I do. Uh, yeah, around uh, many around tables with uh, libations in hand. We're starting with your history. So okay. you're all right, all right, here we go. I'll try to sound uh, embarrassed by this, but actually I'm sort of proud of it. So my father, uh, he, when we lived in Chicago, he wrote jingles, and uh, he wrote pretty much every jingle. He was a pretty prolific guy. Wow. And uh, when I was a kid, he was doing all the Jolly Green Giant commercials, and they needed a kid to voice the little green sprout. And so being the composer's son, you know, I was sort of the first call. <laughs> so I started my music career as the voice of the animated character, the Little Green Sprout. All right. If I do the Jolly Green Giant voice, will you do the... <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you the jingle and you can intercut it into the oh, podcast. If you can So it that, sounds like this. In the valley of the Jolly Green Giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that I got the gig because I was great at voiceovers or even as a singer. It was, you know, it was who you know, which is a topic that, like, really comes up, I think, in your podcast and many others to be a career musician. Like, who you know is important. So That's right. You know, that my dad was a composer. That was easy and some lovely nepotism for me. But But then through that, I sang on jingles as a kid and there's so not... you did you turned it into a little bit of a career then yeah so my well my parents put all the money away and it did pay my way through college so it, so it went into a coogan account <clears throat> yeah wow i was just gonna ask yeah you yeah 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 okay, but well, so then amazing. uh my voice changed and uh singing was not uh, what i was gonna do and my dad uh was pianist and somebody from the high school came with drums and uh, that was it i was like oh i think that's what i want to do and so my dad got me a drum set and we started jamming so that was the beginning of my drumming, just jamming with my dad on piano, and wow. he was good. He would he would play in phrases, and he would repeat things along the way, and you would develop your ear, which I think is hugely important, especially yeah. for drummers, to listen to what's going on and try to remember patterns when they come back around. And drumming is a lot of patterns, a lot That's of math, pattern. a lot yes, of yes. Um, lot, lot of things like that, and, and I do owe so much of the beginnings to my dad with that, and then that... Uh, progressed into high school, and then he started using me on jingles, and I started just playing. Wow. Um, you know, it was everything from Coca Cola to Carl's Jr. to Budweiser to Honda. Like he's he did everything. It was pretty pretty incredible. So while you're in high school, and then I guess even some of your college years, you're earning money as a session player. Yeah. For big national jingles. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. So I mean, literally, because the average teenager. It, aspiring, who's an aspiring professional musician? That that's like the dream. If you yeah. could get those gigs, like that was handed. I mean, I'm not trying to belittle it, but it no, was no, it I, was handed to you on your lap. You know, in your yeah. lap, it was because of who your father yeah. was. So, just talk about that. Was that surreal? Did you have <laughs> other peers and, and, and musician friends who were jealous of that? Yeah. Or, how did that? You know, I, I will say it's a bit of a double-edged uh, sword. It, uh, so there's a lot good for me in all of that, obviously, because sure. that sort of nepotism of your father hiring you, being in a position to hire yeah. you, 
Um, maybe the equivalent in the movie industry is if your dad's a big time celebrity, yeah. he can throw you in his film. So, right. you know, th that happens and you'll see a lot of kids of celebrities sure. get a head start with career. So sure. I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. And when I went to college, um, most of my friends there were like, what are you doing here? I went to North Texas State, and when they were like, a, when we're done here, we're going to L.A. What are you doing here? Just, you already have a career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wanted to go to school and learn uh, more. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, there's a lot to know. And you did graduate. <laughs> to be a musician. So I went for two years. Okay. I did not graduate. But, okay. um, you know, I, I, it's funny. I tell my wife, who has a, an M.D., you know, she... <laughs> She, it took a while to kind of explain in the music industry, having a degree in music doesn't guarantee you mm. performance gigs in any way. Shape or form. And in fact, I would almost go so far as to say it would be a hindrance because college players have a stigma to them mm -hmm. that people think, of, oh, he's a college player, he's mm -hmm. got his bow tie on, mm -hmm. and he's kind of nerdy and he's stiff. By the book. What they want is someone who kind of came up and had a struggle and, you know, mm -hmm. really learned mm -hmm. uh, in a more organic way and they've got a soul to them right. and they're not so cerebral in their playing right. I, I, and i understand that but uh um you know whatever draws you to music i think uh is i think initially has to be a very visceral heartfelt thing i think right. you and i tend to spend a lot of time in the cerebral uh, areas of the industry yeah. playing prepping uh dealing with gigs and all that stuff which we'll get into but sure. um sorry i'm getting a little off track but no, no, i no, no. but it, it is it was the path and then after two years of college i came back to la and just i got busy it, I, it, thankfully i was gonna say i know you yeah so yeah. so did your dad put as they say put you on some dates or what how did that happen yeah so um my dad um so he was writing for these TV shows like Charlie's Angels and Rhoda and Lou Grant, some of these things. And then he would get commissioned to do orchestral arrangements for the L.A. Phil. He was doing some big um, orchestra dates, you know, uh, big high production jingles when that was a thing. Now it's much more the home studio thing. That's what the jingle industry is. Right, but right. <clears throat> I was getting all sorts of opportunities to do things like that. And then... You know, my I would say that my process was uh, sort of putting myself out there, and I uh, was befriending other drummers and other players, uh, people that I met through my dad, of course. But you know, and then I would get opportunities to play, and my goal was always to try to do the gig better if I could than the regular guy. My thinking but, was that's what's going to get the like, wow, well. But that's that's a normal lot. That's a logical train of thought right yeah yeah, yeah. It, if you can succeed at that it, you know there's logic it yeah. should work <laughs> but this all of this explains why <clears throat> seriously why you do epitomize what the career musician is so you're a ridiculous reader mm -hmm. so you could read fly shit literally like i've seen you do it so i think like this these formative years with your dad and while you're in high school yeah. in these sessions yeah. and then being in North Texas State is known for, for being one of the best schools in the country and then also being an LA session cat those three things like again yeah. you already lived the lives of three successful musicians by the time you graduated college I mean in, in a sense you know what I mean well you at least had yeah. three lanes of solid experience oh, yeah. that most cats don't <clears throat> get Right? Yeah, that's really hard to uh, shortcut experience. You know, I like, say that all the time. People ask, "Well, how do I get good?" Put in the time. You got to do it a lot. You know, the outliers. The book yeah. is talking about ten thousand hours. It's thirty thousand. It's yeah. twenty thousand, thirty thousand, yeah. forty thousand. Yeah, it's, it's right. There's no other. So, so much of the wisdom of the older players, and and that's true from everyone's perspective. To us, there's a lot of older players that have wisdom oh. that we have yet to yes. gain. Yes. Um, you know, going through all this stuff and the struggles and the the challenges. Um, you get better at it. The idea is you get a better handle on it. You can deal with it. There will always be hurdles. You, we all still uh, deal with hurdles uh, now with our careers. But, yeah, the experience means a lot. And I would say that from the band leader's perspective, he'll get a sense that this guy's ha got the experience and they relax. You know, that's the... <clears throat> that's you you've led bands so talk about that yeah man. yeah talk about that all right so i'm, I'm leading a band right now <laughs> yeah I, I would say from a from a side man's perspective uh one of the biggest things that you the biggest favor you can do yourself is to 
put yourself in the band leader's shoes as best you can. It's not easy. I mean, it's an old adage. It's an yeah. old phrase, you know, like the shoe in the, 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 shoe in the foot. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like try to imagine what the band leader's going through. It's his name on the marquee. It's his responsibility to bring a band to the venue to put on a good show to say something not embarrassing on the mic, yeah. if not uh, intuitive and wonderful. Um, you know, and if the guys in the band are late or they didn't bother listening to the stuff or they, they're not, they don't seem into it uh, or they, they can't fake it or, I, you know, all the things that would lead the band leader to be uncomfortable up there. Um, if you just imagine what that experience is like and then when the next gig comes along, when he's looking at who should I call to play, yeah. are they going to think of you if you mm. didn't... Deliver, I, you know, it's like the guys that can. It's not enough just to play great. No. There's a lot of great players, especially in Los Angeles. But right. you got to be a good hang. You got to yeah. be prepared. You got to have the right attitude. All right. those things are what um, the other things are. Things that maybe aren't taught in music school or in private lessons. You know, their life lessons are. Yeah. Your parents should have taught you these things, or good teachers, or something. You know, like uh, literally, leave your ego at the door. And I think after you go through enough doors, you shouldn't have an ego anymore. Oh, how about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the musicians like, who are an ego, so comfortable right? with their own playing, they don't have to prove themselves every time they sit yes. down and play. There's something awesome about that, and I use awesome right. in a in the true sense of that word. Right. Like you know, when you see a legend, it's like check that guy out. He's Yes. There's no wonder he is who he is because he's owning it. He's yes. just he's delivering on all he, fronts. She, they, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, yeah. all right. So, <laughs> all right. So that's a great segue into resume yeah. credits. So, you played with the greats, I know, but you know, tell the listeners who. Yeah. Aren't well, so it's interesting. You know, uh, the the career kind of sends you through different avenues. You know, I can remember playing with so many people early on and I would sort of get identified as my father's son in a lot of ways. That was maybe the downside of being, having the advantage I had was Especially my dad. early on in your 20s. And yeah, yeah. So, but, but what I wanted was uh, an accomplishment of my own. Your own. You know what I mean? So uh, through my dad, he was one of the first to hire Cheryl Crow. so early in my career I got to work with Cheryl. You wow. know, I would get these odd opportunities just to do things with Shaka Khan and then James Ingram and wow. then um, I remember getting to play with Lee Rittenauer mm. who happened to have never heard of my dad but I didn't know this, and then we That's were playing uh, a big show, and I invited my dad. Yeah. And after years of being introduced as Les Hooper's son, I introduced my dad to Lee Rittenauer, who said, Oh, you're Dave Hooper's dad. Ah, that's perfect. <laughs> it was a moment. Flipped it up for it, you. It really yeah. was like the, the pivot or the, the, yeah. the, where it turned. You know, there it's like, okay, go. finally, <laughs> you know, it wasn't just because of who I was that I was playing and getting opportunities and, and doing my thing. It was my playing, and that was it. You know, I knew Lee was hiring me be, for me, not. That's brilliant. Not for any other reason. So th that was a milestone in my career, for sure. And then, um, you know, I, got, I have lately been doing tons of smooth jazz, which is um, an interesting format. And what I do like about it is the musicians are featured. You know, it's you can love or hate smooth jazz, the format. The live show is a live show. I would equate it more to instrumental pop music or instrumental R&B. I, um, I agree. Through all that, working with Dave Cause a lot, you know, I've gotten a chance to work with... Sheila E and uh, Larry Graham yeah, and you know I mean like yeah, I did a whole yeah, tour with Larry which yeah, was yeah. just you know I remember you called me about yeah. that you tell me about that that was one of those surreal moments where I can remember as a kid playing practicing with headphones on um, and of course you know that's a that's maybe a common thing and you're playing along and you're trying to imitate the drummer on the recording or whatever and I found myself on stage playing with Larry and I was the only drummer it was like, oh, wow. it's just me. There's no, yeah. you know, that was a moment. I don't know if I'm no longer that, playing along with the that track. Way. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you were rehearsing with the track with the original drummer from the 70s. Well, yeah, or just practicing in high school, like playing the Sly oh, the Family right, Stone. Right, like right, I'm just right, playing right. songs, but learning grooves, and now there's Larry the <laughs> legend, like playing. Yeah. It was really great. It's you incredible. know, Th those legends uh, playing with Marcus Miller was incredible. Oh, just yeah, 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 all yeah. all the records I used to play along with, and then getting a chance to play with him was 
really uh, some great stuff. So that's those are some of them. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my awesome. my laundry list. So yeah, so um, I had been playing around town doing some sessions, and uh, I remember Tim Landers, the bass player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he called me up and he said, "So Chad Wackerman is leaving the John Tesh gig. Would you wow. like to do it?" So I think I was a little more stuck on the oh, I get to follow Chad, Chad Wackerman, Wackerman on a gig. Was I mean, a drumming like, legend, right? Yeah, and at yeah. the time I didn't really even know John's story you know I knew he played piano Um, and wonderful band I mean it was really really incredible and at the time John was hosting Entertainment Tonight right and he was trying to launch his uh, music career and then it got big enough for him to break his contract with E.T. And I think at the time, like, Paramount was pursuing him. Like, they were, there were some yeah. legal battles. And I learned so much from John because he, he would say, this is awesome. Like, I'm like, wait, you're getting sued. He's like, no, 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 this is great. I'm, I'm the little guy. And the big movie studios coming after me. And he's like, no. It was one of those, all, yeah. all publicity is good publicity, good or wow. bad or whatever. Which, and I don't even remember the details yeah, of yeah, any of yeah, it. Yeah. But it was... Um, it was really illuminating. I thought, wow, check out this guy. Like he he's a, a businessman. He's won Emmy yeah, Awards see, as a broadcaster. That's what I'm saying. He's pursuing his dream to play yes. piano. He's surrounding himself yes. with great players. I had nothing but admiration for this, this guy. Is that is the ultimate career musician right there. I mean, yeah. that's baller status yeah. for CMs, you know? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So so that's why I wanted you to tell that, you know, and yeah. but you had some really nice experiences working with him oh yeah told me about the story yeah i mean he he did these big uh pbs specials he did this live at red rocks thing which was at the time the biggest um concert ever um done for pbs and he uh, mortgaged his house or he put his house up against it and we hired the uh, utah or the colorado symphony and uh we were there for a week rehearsing and then we got i don't know if you know red rocks it's an open air thing it was raining uh while we were going to to film and these orchestra players have these hundred thousand dollars hundred thousand plus violins they're like no no we're not playing in the rain and they just left like, it was a crazy, what? awesome experience, and and talk about just being able to roll with the punches and deal with crazy that happens, you know. So John just said, "All right, well, we're going to do some tunes that we can do without the orchestra," and we did. And then the skies cleared, and they came back, and the helicopters came in for all the aerial shots, and we wow. ran this thing, and it was the biggest success at the time. This live at Red Rocks thing wow. with John, and uh, I mean, it, it really Sorry, was. Gosh, I gotta rem- I gotta look up when this was. This okay. was a good long while ago. Okay. So it what might have been uh, in the early two thousands, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty early on, and uh, and then you know John just being who he is, being a celebrity. Yeah. Uh, we I know we spent one summer on tour, and Jay Leno at the time had sent a, a camera crew out to interrupt his show every night, <laughs> and then like, he would break away to John's concert, and they had like this feud That's going. Awesome. I'm not sure that was a real feud, but it was a very awesome is that? So I was on the Tonight Show every every Lennon. night. <laughs> it was just crazy stuff, and and really interesting to see because. I'm a drummer. I'm just, you know, I'm a yeah, side guy. Yeah. I'm just watching. Like, okay, where do you need me to play? What do you want me to play? And I was doing my part, but just watching the machinery uh, move, it was it was really, really cool to see. It's one of the perks so, of the job. Yeah, and yeah. that guy, I can remember, because uh, I got into computer stuff, we can get into that a little bit, but I remember showing John computer stuff, and I never had to show him anything twice. I mean, mm-hmm, yeah. talk about a brain that's very high-functioning, and, yeah. and he, his retention was really awesome. I mean... Yeah. You know, it's like he's a, he's a really interesting guy. I mean, I really That's owe a lot incredible. to him. It really sort of changed my life because it, uh, it was the gig that was a, a ton of work and I yeah. bought a house and I, you know, it was yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. life-changing gig. Well, check it out. My buddy Hoop is a real tried-and-true career musician. I've worked with him alongside on countless gigs and I've seen him in action. So everything he's saying here is is really true. He lives it. Let's try to keep in mind the things he mentioned about resume building, about making things easier for the band leader or the MD, the music director. So whoever's in charge 
at that time, we want to make sure that we did our job to make it easier for them. This way, it's less stress for everybody. And although Hoop had a great upbringing with his dad and he had an advantage in the studio, he still understands the concept of hard work and always being prepared. And you've probably heard me say it before, but I'm going to say it again. The definition of luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. Add the career musician to your playlist. Awesome, awesome part of like the test gig was yeah, that because yeah, I remember he, that. I mean, he had the dough. I mean, yeah, he didn't he even me. know what to pay everybody. I mean, he yeah. was such a <laughs> a lover of music, but what he knew was broadcasting. He didn't know the music right. industry, right, right, right. Um, which you know. I mean, I think there's a lot of stories of celebrities overpaying sure. everybody. If you're lucky enough to be <laughs> the drummer for Russell yeah. Crowe or somebody, you know, like they, they, you know, they don't. They don't know or they don't care. No, or I think paying well. I don't use. I don't like the term overpaying. I think paying well. Well, you know, because I mean, think about it. You yeah. Know, think about it. If you're Steve Ferroni and you've been playing with Tom Petty for 35 years, yeah. Whatever you're making, you is well deserved. Yeah. That you know? I feel like that's a really yeah. potentially a very long conversation. Yeah. Like what is, yeah. What is good pay? You right. know, considering the time you spend uh, continuing Ooh. to improve on your craft, unlike. I mean, there's a lot of people who go to school and they learn their skill and then they just spend the rest of their life doing what they learned in school. Maybe we went to school. Maybe we didn't. You know, everybody has a different path. But you're still learning on guitar. Oh. I'm still learning on drums. On guitar. How we're not in, in our music, 20s anymore. We're still learning in music in yeah. general, right? The yeah. overall and the niche, right? Yeah. So, And you're the person to have this conversation with because you and I <laughs> would sit here and have these philosophical debates for hours. Yeah. Uh, although we both usually were on the same side of the debate. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. so a physician, a surgeon, or you know, any kind of a doctor is hailed in the community. Yeah quite you know in high regard right yeah 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 and and i would say because i kind of know a little bit about this like yeah there is sort of um a reward for continued medical education yes. like they that is encouraged and you yes. actually there's actually a financial thing about that i would say continued musical education in our regard is all it's, up to us it's the opposite <laughs> yeah. the more you study the better you get in your musical craft yeah the less popular you become yeah and the less people want to listen yeah. to your music. Yeah. Look at John Coltrane. You know, look at Miles Davis. Look at these greats. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's for the, you know, the, for instance, for jazz being the one true American art form, you right. know. Um, it's not really highly regarded. Um, it's it's no longer part of the Grammy Awards. It's not uh, in, if you look at the music industry from a financial standpoint, I'm not even sure it represents 1% of right. the music industry anymore. And yet, um, arguably, those are some of the best players. You have to be in the top 1% to do it yeah. at, the, at the level that is considered right. to be great jazz. Uh, you know, and, and you can look at other formats, you know, pop music, country music and stuff. You know, it, that doesn't require uh, the same thing. Yeah, I, I would say that... You you might put on put down all the elements that go into the qualifications for doing a gig, um, that really elite level, crazy uh, uh, technique and chops and ideas and creativity are not required right. uh, for right. anything maybe but jazz because it's and you know it's a it's you're lucky to go see it in a smoky dive bar somewhere yeah. and those guys are making what's considered the door no. which is oh. you know like I went well, to go see my buddy Gary Novak at the Big yeah. Potato oh, and gosh, yeah. you know they made the door oh, I don't gosh. I didn't know exactly what it was but I saw yeah. like a small pile of 20s like it was like, like, you know <laughs> just think about this how long how long has the standard in town fee for a gig been on the low fifty, on the high a buck fifty, yeah. meaning one hundred. Yeah, yeah. Club, let's, club so gigs. So we're in two. Let's say we're two two thousand twenty soon, right? Okay. Yeah. How long has that actual been the sta actually been the standard pay well, since the eighties? Yeah, yeah. You're touching on something that I've been recently sort of um, frustrated by. You're so I did a gig years. at uh, the Hyatt Newporter. It was this jazz gig that okay. has been around yeah, a long time. I played there with, and I can with remember you. Play, yeah. yeah, we've done we did it not that long ago, but I did it with the Rippingtons back in the day, like around the time when we met, right? Yeah. 
And I remember what I got paid then. And I remember the promoter at the time is still the guy promoting there. And he happened to be at the gig when I was there. And this might have been a couple months ago. Mm. And I pulled him aside and I said, hey, man, I'm just curious. Am I making the same money tonight that I made 20 years ago here? And he just looked at me and he said, yes, you are. Which, uh, you know, I want to say like... Uh, at the risk of sounding See, very discouraging to to yeah. like yeah. young players who yeah. want to break in, if you at all can kind of play it forward or do the math, you know, the cost of living has gone way up. The, 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 the pay on gigs has not. If anything, it's gone down. And the talent pool has just gotten bigger. So that's a discouraging Ooh, fact. Ooh, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Those three facts <laughs> right there. Hey. Those three okay. facts. Now, let's, re let's recap that. Yes. So, okay. wow, the cost, the cost of, of living, living has gone up. Absolutely. The, the rate, the pay for gigs has either stayed the same or gone down. Yeah, it has not gone up. The talent pool has increased yes. exponentially. Yeah. Those are three giant strikes against you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I so would how, say, yeah, so how, let's what try is, to... Yeah, what is your psychological uh, twist on this? Because I need to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Knowledge, so you go into that, uh, this idea that knowledge is power. If you do know this about the industry, mm -hmm. um, there's a couple of factors, I think, that you have to embody. And I think the primary is the absolute love and joy of playing yes. music. The passion. Uh, all my friends like you and the mm -hmm. guys in my, my peers, the guys in yeah. my age group, um, it's easy to lose sight of the beginnings and like why you even want to take a guitar. Mm. Who was it, you know, that that mm. gave it to you in the beginning? This is a labor of love. It is a passion. It is something you didn't start out to do for the money. No, well, or at no. least I didn't. Well, yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Okay, uh, as a uh, side man, who's, as a, your, who's your first hero? Your first probably Steve Gadd. Steve Gadd. My first hero was Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. When I saw Eddie and you saw Steve, yeah, we didn't think to ourselves, "Oh, we're going to be like them, so we can make lots of money." That's not the first thought. I, I we had. have no idea what they made. Exactly. So it was too it, young. It was too. It care. wasn't even on the radar. Uh uh. We fell in love with what they were doing. Yeah, the, music. the passion of it. The, the music. music. Yes. So you got to have that, and if you have that, none of those other facts. They're not as depressing. No, it, it, they they it, won't bring you down as much. All right, so um, and then the only other thing I would throw in there is, if you know that, consider how truly great you need to be in all aspects, at all bullet points of the things that you want to yeah. endeavor to do. You, you're very organized with this right. podcast. And you have questions you want to ask, and it's like, these are the things. Yeah. So figure out what those things are right. and excel at every one of them because just being a great player isn't going to do it. <laughs> it's, it's everything else. And then, gosh, yes. I don't know what to say about your expectations. You know, I, I think that managing expectations has been the struggle, I think, of musicians from the beginning. Because if you That's feel it. like you deserve... 10 times the money and 10 times the fame, you're just destined to jump off a bridge. Drummers! So you're watching an amazing drummer on YouTube and they're playing something so crazy you just can't figure it out. If only you can tap this drummer on the shoulder and say, hey, can you slow it down and break it down for me, man? PossibleChops.com does exactly that. They've asked some of the top-of-the-line drummers to play in short, digestible phrases some of their craziest chops. Then they slow it down and transcribe it so you can actually learn what the heck they're doing. They're making chops possible. Now, PossibleChops.com is an online drum lesson website that makes it easy to add to your drumming vocabulary from some of the baddest professional drummers. And when I say baddest, I mean the dopest, illest, most ridiculousest drummers you ever heard. Imagine getting a breakdown from drummers who played with the likes of Usher, Earth, Wind & Fire, Chick Corea, Babyface, Sheryl Crow, Tony Braxton, and the list goes on. The PossibleChops.com community is designed to allow drummers to share ideas and help you on your path to becoming a pro and getting gigs. That's right, folks, actually getting real gigs. If you're serious about drumming, do yourself a favor and visit 
possiblechops.com. Join today and basic membership is free. However, if you decide to upgrade to a pro membership, use the promo code NOMAD to get your first free month. That's right, folks. Use coupon code NOMAD and you get the whole first month absolutely free. Adding new chops are now made possible for drummers on possiblechops.com. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you have to find a way to be happy with where you're at at the moment. And live in that moment. Yeah, it's, it's a very uh, in-the-moment experience, I think, music in so many ways. I mean, you can apply that to... Um, I, I was thinking about this on the drive over here. You know, we love to talk. Musicians love to talk. I, I've always loved our right. conversations because we get into the philosophical. Yes. And we're concerned about all the, psycholog- the psychological hurdles we have to that we're facing and, and the, trying to find solutions to all these things in order to get onto the stage and then wipe all of that away. And just be in the music and just have be. nothing in your head. Nothing. It's all just music coming out, which I find is so, um, you know, it's like the musicians, uh, it's, it's our journey. It's, the musicians uh, cleanse. You have to cleanse every time you go up on stage. I mean, think yeah. about it. Your, your wife and, and kid could be home struggling with some serious personal issues. Yeah. You just got the phone call. Yeah. But you have and to they, go on You got to count off the first tune and yeah. you got to be in it. And you got to, and you can't, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, sans, you know, uh, life or death, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, some heavy stuff. I, that I find that that's struggle. one of those universal things, I will say, to all of my friends who are professional, you included, like, um, and we've all been there, like, where we've been on stage, um, I think, gosh, I can't remember if we were on a TV show or we were doing something or whatever. We were, like, in between songs or whatever, and we're just talking, and we're talking about... Oh. Something totally unrelated. Yeah. And I was like, and we're on in five. And it's like, you, all of a sudden, you just turn around, you're like, one, two, three. And then, I mean, I swear to you, it's as if, like, you just chopped, you know, yes. there's no transition time. Yes. Yeah. You're jumping through these zones. It's turn it on, turn it off instantly, yeah. which is hard. It's because I would say so, so much is tied to emotions here. Right. And everybody knows you can't just turn emotions on and off. But, you know, we've all been in an argument and then like the phone rings and you pick it up and you're like, hello. You know, band leaders have egos. Musicians have egos. That's yes. a... That's a, a tough thing to navigate, and um, comes with the territory. It, it does. I mean, you know, you want to be real, but at the same time, there's politics involved, and you have mm-hmm. to play the game. There's a little bit of a game. I. It's funny that we talk about these things. Uh, I get asked a lot about um, music school, um, and whether it's like a kid saying, "Man, I'm trying to figure out what school to go to." He's like at a gig and he comes up and he's mm. asking me. Or sometimes it's like a parent saying, like, my kid's just graduating high school next year, and he's thinking about going to blah, blah, blah. So, okay, I I think music schools are great, of course, but in my experience, I say... (laughs) I'm biting my knuckles over here. I know. Go (laughs) to school and study business or philosophy or something brainy and you can still take music music. classes still take private lessons do it as much as you can but musicians are notoriously terrible business people Um, all of the troubles that we're talking about have so much to do with the business and the management or the mismanagement of it so you just said something musicians are notoriously bad business people yes question number three Mm -hmm. Um, career musician brief <laughs> what are some of your principles and methods now yeah. we all know that principle principles do not change they're constant so what i mean by yeah. principle the law of gravity it doesn't change it's not going to ever change yeah. gravity you throw it up it comes down that's gravity that's a principle it's a law yeah. it's done yeah. right however there are methods of dealing with gravity yeah. that you can counteract it right yeah and there's different methods that the astronauts have learned yeah. So, what are some of your methods mm. to deal with the tried and true principles of not only life, but really more specifically our business? Yeah. Our because business. you just said it. Mm-hmm. Musicians are noto- notoriously bad at business. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is the whole reason why I started the Career Musician, Musician Podcast, because I'm tired of dealing with musicians who think that they don't have to be business savvy. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a business. Yeah. 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 You're a grown person. 
you still have to earn money yeah. and provide for your You're family. You're a professional. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about Okay. That. So I would say this is sort of the conversation that gave birth to the joke, how do you get a musician to complain? <laughs> Give him a gig. Give him a gig. Yeah. So, so you know, you can always uh, pick away at something. You always find something to complain about. But the gigs will come. And how you deal with them and how you present yourself and what you say to the band leader and the arrangements you make with them are important. And um, there's probably a lot of questions for young players that are like, I don't even know what to ask. Or I'm afraid mm-hmm. to ask. I don't know if it's fair for me to ask that. Or um, And I also am somebody who probably in my life uh suffered somewhat from not wanting to be the squeaky wheel Mm -hmm. you know like i i didn't want to uh i didn't want to ask questions but i would say this you know musicians sidemen especially there's no contracts there's no set anything hardly anything is in writing there's a level you know most of the artists get contracts some of the bigger tours though there'll be some stuff to sign but if you're just gigging um, it's a guy calling you. Can you do the gig on you know next Friday? It pays a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and if you say yes and hang up the phone, okay, <laughs> that's a verbal contract. Yeah, the logistics were not discussed. The you know the, there could be a lot of details in there that weren't disclosed. Now it's on you <laughs> to own whatever it is, you know, and learn from it and just, you know, like, let's say, gosh, this just happened to me recently. Suddenly there's a rehearsal before a gig and it was never discussed. And I'm like, random, you know, like you want me to drive where with my gear and set it up. And I spend it in a day. It's a weekend. I'm spending away from my family. Like I have different uh, criteria that I'm well, right away. We go to our family time. We think, wait, so now it's infringing. I'm burning my Saturday to go do music. No, hard or not. It's still, it's my day. I have a wife and a kid, man. Come on. Yeah. 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 So I would say, I mean, you know, the, the, these sort of methods and principles and the routines you get into is figure out the details that are important to you and make sure you ask about them and don't be afraid to ask. It's professional, you know, like if a leader's trying to hide something from you, like extra, uh, oh, by the way, the gig's eight hours instead of four, or by the way, there's an eight hour rehearsal before this gig that I'm not paying you for, or you know, like whatever these ridiculous things that we've honestly been through. So the gig is 60 minutes, <laughs> yeah. but we have a 12 hour rehearsal. Yeah, and you gotta get there at seven and load in because there's guests and like, like all the. But we don't go on till 11. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, I mean, I don't know if I'm covering it well, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. would say well, that like. Uh, you know, it's fair to ask how much does it pay? It, uh, you know, what's the gear, the load-in situation, yes. parking. What are the uh, times? You know, yeah. if I'm there a long time, what's the food situation? Because right. like, not everybody can go all day without eating. Some people uh, are are just prone to it, and I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and and that's yeah. not a yeah. I'm not, it's yeah. not a dig. It's yeah. just you know, I'm saying there, there's two, details to get through, and I would say that um, here's maybe a good way to look at it, like. Um, pick one of your heroes, yeah. somebody who's a legend. Yeah, you know they're asking these details. Right. If you're not asking the right. details, you're not, not going to sound like a pro on the phone. You're That's not right. going to be. You're not going to sound like you've done this before. That's right. What time does the gig start? Where is Loden? What time is downbeat? What time is rehearsal? Where is rehearsal? What is parking like at the venue? Do I have to drive myself or is there a carpool, etc.? You have to ask as many questions as possible. Is there per diem on this out-of-town gig? What other information do you need from me to book a flight? You have my legal name, my birth date, my passport, etc., etc. What is payroll like? Do you need my W-9, my I-9, my corporate information? Fill all this stuff out in advance. Have digital copies. Ask as many questions as you can. Have a checklist of questions you ask management and band leaders, etc. All of these things are what add up to equate what a true career musician is. Add the career musician to your Spotify playlist today. Yeah, and if it's bad, own it, and then just don't make the same mistake again. You know, I mean, uh, you okay. just elaborate on that. Well, you know, so um, for a long time, I've been doing uh, travel uh, gigs. You know, where it's like you fly out on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. 
And then, you know, you got a few hours to chill, and then you go to soundcheck, you do the gig, you spend the night, you fly home the next day. I did one gig, and the band leader had decided that the bass player and I were to share a room. Now, <clears throat> okay, at the risk of sounding like a prima donna, like, I'm, I'm past that. Like, I, that's... Yes. That might be cool for some people, and that's fine. It's just not for me. Yep. I didn't even think to ask because I presumed, presumed. that, like, we're at a certain level now where, at minimum, I yeah. want one room at the Motel 6 by myself or yep. wherever it is. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't need to stay at the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I just, whatever. As long and, as it's clean and, yeah, and yeah. well-kept. Yeah. But you'll still get uh, hit with it. You know, you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, shoot, yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, I think there's probably other parts that have to do with stuff we were talking about before, which is how um, how you treat leaders, how you treat the mm -hmm. other people, how you treat the crew that's there to help you. You know, there's a lot mm -hmm. of things. Um, you know, all the heroes that I met that were took the time to stop and talk to me, mm -hmm. I love those guys. And always uh, have. No. Do you know what I mean? And you, you, like when you see them again, you just pull them aside. God, I just and love them, that guy. You. And somehow you like Thank his playing more. That. Yes. He doesn't play any different. Yes. And Wait. conversely. Yes. The guy wouldn't give you the time of day. You kind of don't like his yeah, playing as much forget. anymore. Yeah, he can't like, play yeah. that good. <laughs> He's not that great. Um, business, you know, you hear that phrase, business is just business, or business is business, you know. The, the, the fact is, it's music comes from your heart. It's an emotional expression. Yeah. Wrapped in business. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, you have to get the business done so that you can get to business of that just makes, making music yes. and it is complex maybe more so than many other um, industries industries yeah, yeah, you know it's yeah. harder to navigate because you know when someone says no you're not playing it right you know it's hard not to interpret that as like i don't like you <laughs> well and yeah i was just gonna say it's really because of the giant intangible in the room yeah what's the giant intangible the music that we're actually playing yeah it's into you can't touch it yeah, it's like it's, it's like an emotion you can't really explain without it. A, without a product, without a visible product. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's so it's the, a it's an expression. It's this untold thing, and musicians yeah. deal at a level of subtlety that I think is lost on non musicians. Right. And I would say also, just as long as we're on this sort of principles and methods, yeah. Uh, no matter what you think, you are a salesman, and you are trying to monetize your product, which is your playing. And if you say you don't like sales, you're not going to sell. And, okay. and and if you don't at least uh, figure out how to monetize yourself, okay. no one's going to buy you. Musicians all of a sudden think yeah. that uh, they're no longer susceptible to the principles of the of of business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They don't have to adhere. Yeah. To it. How do you? Well, okay. So it seems somewhat random to uh, assign a value to it. You know, if you have a garage sale. You say, I'm selling that for five bucks, I'm selling that for ten. Okay, so you're a player and you are signing yourself this random, I'm worth this. This is my price. This is what you should buy me for. <laughs> right, right. And then the, the thing is, if it's a high price, then, then the question is, why? Uh, uh, that's gonna be the question to the person who wants to hire you. If mm -hmm. you say, oh, I'm double scale, and they say, well, I've never heard of you. <laughs> it's gonna be a hard sell. Do you know what I mean? Like nobody, you're new. You're 18. How can you be double scale? <clears throat> I think it's uh, the there. You and I both run into players, and I, I'm not gonna throw anyone no, no. under the bus here. But there are players who are awesome players, yeah. and they're broke, and they're just oh, not yeah. working because yeah, yeah, they yeah. can't sell themselves. Right. And vice versa. There's players who are actually okay. They're not. Right. Terrible, about but they yeah. are so busy, and you're like, yeah. that guy's right. busy, right. and and I don't want to begrudge anyone their success. If they figured it out, they figured it out, and yeah. good on them. Yeah. But uh, th I think that's the lesson. That's how you. Hopefully, that's the perspective that if you're listening to this and you're trying to make sense of it, uh, if you're both an incredible player and uh, able to promote yourself, yeah, you're gonna be the next big guy. You're gonna be. You're gonna be hugely successful. <laughs> That's, it. That's the magic formula. No, that is, that is the new business model. I exactly. do want to offer one Please. perspective Please. of um, <coughs> excuse me. Let's see some some optimism or at least uh, something. Okay, so yeah, I'm gonna yeah, credit yeah. Um, Will Farrell on 
Uh, I heard him on um, Mark Maron's podcast, the WTF podcast. I don't know if you listen to this or I not. Love but it. if you've never heard of this podcast, it, that one episode is worth listening to because I think Will Ferrell is just hugely funny. He's awesome. His, and Mark Maron is, is hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah, really funny. And I like that. Not unlike what we're doing, it's a comedian uh, interviewing another comedian. Right. So it turns out Will Ferrell's dad was a jazz guitarist in Orange County. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. Wow. So he and uh, the question kind of came to Will, like, um, you know, ad- about advice. You know, did you ever get great advice or whatever? And he and he said the the most profound thing, or he told the story, which really stuck with me. So he said, um, his dad told him. He said, Will, if if all this was about was you being funny and being talented as a comedian, I wouldn't worry a minute about you. You're my son, and I wouldn't. I would have no worry. But he said, there's one thing I've learned about working in the music industry is that it's at least fifty percent luck. Mm. Right place at the right time, mm. the right person hearing yes. you. Yes. And so, so get this. So Will's takeaway was, I'm off, like, it, it got me off the hook. I'm like, if I go to an audition and I fail and I don't uh, get it, it's not 100% because yeah. I wasn't good enough. There you go. I just was, I wasn't lucky. I wasn't the guy. Just, you know, like, there wasn't the guy they're looking for. at that time. That's you know, right. the style that, you know, you yeah. might lean towards this kind of playing, and they're just looking for a guy who leans That's that way, great. or they want a taller guy. Or, I don't know. Who knows what they're looking for? That's great. Anyway, so I, what I liked about that is it's, like, emotional uh, freedom for musicians to continue to do what they do and not beat themselves up right. for all of their failures because right. it's going to happen, and it's... You're not going to get all the gigs that you want. That's the, right. It, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's because you're terrible or you don't have what it takes. Wow. Again, going back to the ego, it is so easily uh, bruised. Yeah. And because uh, for some reason music is viewed as a competitive sport oftentimes, <laughs> which it's not. Mm-mm. So I hate that. It's not athletics. It's totally different. No. Um, and yet you are competing with other players that play your instrument. I know, so it's bizarre. It's really weird. And then it's always a chops showcase. So who has the most chops wins. But ironically, who has the most chops wins, right? Out on the social platform, meaning life, the social platform of life in general. But on the actual gig... You can't use those chops. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get fired. Yeah. You have to use restraint, exercise restraint. Yeah. So I'm talking about the double ironies going yeah. on, right? <laughs> that <laughs> like, is true. Well, okay, but I think you're touching on this notion that, like I always tell people, practice the hard stuff. You know, the... The, the better you are at the hard stuff, the more of a flow you'll get with the easy mm. stuff. You know, when someone just calls on you to play rhythm guitar, oh. it is always uh, to your advantage to practice the hardest stuff, you know, to really get the chops way up there. The exercising the restraint is where the art is. You know, it's That's like, perfect. sure, I could play twice as many notes. I really could. I maybe even more. Right. But that's wow. not what the that's not what the song calls for. The band leader's gonna hate me <laughs> if I right. do that. He's definitely not gonna call me again. And it's like well, what's more important uh, to you to make a statement on the one gig you get and never get again? Or do you wanna continue to work dude. and be that guy? It's like, man, yeah. he can shred, but he just does the right thing. Right. I, I, yeah, I marveled yeah. at that. That's He's, it. That's it. Yeah. As a drummer, you know, I know what Vinnie Kaliuta can do. And I know what Steve Gadd and Dave Weckl and Dennis Chambers and like all my heroes, I know what they can do. And then to find they out they're on recordings were like, I didn't even know that was them. them. <laughs> like, wow. that is so cool to me because it, it didn't call for that. No. I played with Vinnie twice in the David Foster band. Yeah. And, and I was geeked out, you know? Yeah. Wow. Top show. All right. I don't so, know if we're going to get so to everything. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Real quick here. We're going to bust through these because these are easy. These are easy. Tour essentials. When yes. you go on tour, because we don't go on tour tour. We, we do weekend warriors, what we call yeah. it. You yeah. leave on a Thursday or Friday. You come home Saturday, Sunday. It's quickies, you know? Yeah. So we, we call them fly dates. We call yep. them, you know, a weekend run, you know, a one-off. Yeah. Uh, what, are, what are the essentials for you? <laughs> I know you and I are both... Uh, uh, bag geeks we love cool bags love most musicians are <laughs> and we're all about how to pack uh-huh. light yep and you know you know so talk about yeah, some yeah. of that quick stuff all right well so uh my goal is always to kind of be the low maintenance guy whenever yeah. possible um and i would say after 9-11 it got a little difficult to travel with symbols of you course. know like got, bringing gear on a plane is always a, a challenge especially yeah. for guitar players and horn players and stuff but 
So I suppose I'm lucky as a drummer, uh, <laughs> gear-wise. You don't have to carry the drums. Yeah, I got my stick bag. Sometimes just the sticks I know I need in uh, my in my so uh, little sets. carry bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times I'm called on to uh, run backing tracks, so I kind of have a, a, a bit of gear there to do that. Um, if there's charts involved, I always bring my iPad and I've got a mount for that. I and say, then wait. it's closed, man. Like I, I'm, you know, like, yeah, it's not that I wouldn't love to bring my snare drum, my bass pedal, my cymbals and like my whole kit. I'd love to do that. But, um, there is something nice about just rolling into the airport with just one right. in my backpack and my little pull carry on bag whatever and like that's it and then yeah i mean and then think about logistically what it takes you got to get to the airport you got to get through security you got to get to the gig you know you know and then like if you're the guy who can just throw all your stuff in the bag and you're out of there there's there's something nice about that but then that also requires that you're cool with backlined gear like yeah i I think drummers drummers it's a it's kind of a we can't avoid it because no one's traveling with drum sets anymore so you got to be playing through a different voice every time there it's a different brand it's a different you know as much as you put in your writer yeah i play these drums and right. these, you know it might be just close close enough so you're you're a little more lucky but i would say as a guitarist you know you're actually holding your instrument drums are just beating yeah. on things with sticks it's... yeah i was one of those guys i never cared i honestly don't care <laughs> no. i could show up to a gig and be like you know what just backline a couple guitars what do you want no i kidding? don't know i don't know a, a strat you can make it work a telly but, well, what do you want? Be specific. I don't care. Most musicians yeah. are so, like, yeah. you know, anal retentive about all the little details yeah. and the minutiae. Yeah. I really don't care. I, I yeah. swear, I don't. I'll <laughs> bet that uh, I'll bet that benefits you. And I would say to does, anybody who's yeah. getting into this, it does. imagine both scenarios. One scenario where you demand to have all of your specific stuff. Little You're things. paying for extra yeah. baggage and, oh. and trying to get that... Uh, reimbursed by the band leader and I had to check five bags because yeah. I have my stuff oh, versus the guy who goes with no check bags and like no I got it it's cool you know it's it's then a, a matter and if you nail the gig oh, either way either way and it's like man that guy came with his guitar and one uh, little bag well let me and tell he you that destroyed ex- the gig it was that's incredible. exactly why I have this mo now this philosophy because I have been in that position yeah. where I packed all my shit and it didn't show up. Yeah. So then I was stuck playing somebody else's guitar or a yeah. backline guitar yeah. with a one cable into the amp yeah. or a cable into a dirt box into the amp. You had to amp. make it work. And you had to make it work. And when all the cats turn around and go, oh my God, dude, you just yeah. crushed that gig. Yeah, yeah. Then you're like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Okay, so, but, <laughs> so I think you know. that's an interesting to hear from guitarists too because I would say... Uh, just as it's important to learn country music, like if you're right. somebody who wants to learn all styles. Yeah, of course. Uh, and you could name them. There's a long list yeah. of styles. On the list of styles, I would say, add to that playing on some weird gear. Yeah. Like it, it's as, That's a great one. It should be as important on the list as, as the oh yeah, and I can play a weird guitar. That's right. Maybe not a left-hand guitar, but yeah. like you could be like, I don't care, the action's all messed up and it, it won't stay matter. in tune, but I'll... I'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. And if you can do that and you're that guy, yeah. that gives you one more leg up that's on it. the competition and, and something it. you can market uh, and monetize yourself for that's right i'm low maintenance you know there you don't you need to i won't ever hit you with extra baggage fees and i I'll, think that's the key when you're on tour be low maintenance yeah yeah just yeah. be low maintenance yeah look yeah. you and i have been on quite a few gigs together i'm going to tell a story about new york but first <laughs> i want to hear Love your new story york. we were on a gig together yes and, we were and yeah just talk about it because this relates to the question of when to say no thank you yeah, yeah. or when to walk from a gig when to quit or when to part ways or how to do it you yeah, know how, yeah, yeah. how to do it perhaps without burning the bridge all the way yeah or saying f it i'm gonna blow this bridge up yep. i don't know so yeah let me let me also i want to preface this um with an experience i had so when i was in high school my dad used Peter Erskine on a recording session. Okay. And Peter and I was in high school. I was Famed 15. He's yeah. incredible, one yeah. of my idols, right? And I remember my dad sharing with me Peter saying, this is what I'm going to need to do your recording session. And in my mind, I was like, what? He needs all that stuff? Because in my high school brain, uh, I was like, gosh. You know, I kind of had that, wow, what a prima yeah. donna. He needs this and that and this right. and that. Right. And then, but really what it was, was sort of respect for 
a career of playing with everyone from Stan Kenton to Weather Report to, like, this guy's a total legend. And he got himself to the point where he's busy enough, and if you want him, this is his rate. This is what he needs. And if you can't provide it, he's like, okay, no thanks. Like, it's not, um, I think, you know, we all uh, ask for what we can afford to ask for, right? Like, you can't, uh, you kind of have to bring it. Sure. Um, anyway, I, I thought that was a pivotal moment for me, and uh, and it's interesting for it to have then come around to me. I was working for a leader who consistently would uh, impose too much inconvenience on the whole band, and the whole band was getting really dark. Uh, it was just getting like um, I can't. And I'll try to give you some examples. You know. I think we've all been in a situation where you take an early flight, you get to the hotel, and the hotel rooms aren't ready. They're not clean. Right. So you end up camping out in the in the lobby. Or the coffee shop. Or they yeah. say, oh, there's a mall. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go to the mall. I don't want to go to the mall. Like, I want to sleep. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, so, okay, there's a certain amount of inconvenience that mm-hmm. you need to be good with dealing with. But mm-hmm. this was too much. Um, and he wasn't paying. He was always asking for a discount, a and discount, always right, asking right, for. Right. And and I kind of think of him as one of those leaders who's a taker and wasn't appreciative, and he was undeserving. I just yeah. I, I was really not happy on the gig, and I was fortunate enough where I didn't need it. Okay. So uh, what I did, I thought about just saying I'm out. That's so so what I decided to do was I said, look, I was just really straight with him. I said, well, I've been doing your gig for a long time, and there's just been uh, a few things that are not working for me. So mm-hmm. moving forward, this is what I'm going to need. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to do your gig if you can deliver on these things. Mm-hmm. And if not, no hard feelings, you know, and move on. And I, I felt like... You did this via email? Uh, I did. Well, I, I kind of, we talked about it a little. I said, I'm going to send you an email so it's sort of in writing. Okay, I, I think the, the email thing is like the paper trail. You I'm know, glad you did both. Yeah, yeah. I was like, listen, yeah. I, I, I've got some issues, but I, I'm going to put it in an email and I, I'm going to spell it out just so yeah. that you, there's no question about, well, I didn't think you said that or this or that, you know. Yeah. So I just spelled it out. Uh, it had to do with pay and logistics and flights, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, the the details aren't important. It was just one of those things. And I will say, um, that was the last gig I did for him. But I don't miss it. It's all good. You know, it's like I I realized that's what works for me. Mm -hmm. And and maybe the takeaway now is just don't be afraid to figure out what it is that's going to work for you. Because if if something's going to make you that unhappy, you're not going to do a good job on the gig anyway. If you've enjoyed today's interview, be sure to leave a review and subscribe to the Career Musician Podcast. Another aspect of Dave Hooper is quite interesting as he is a multi-talented force. Dabbling in computer programming early on, he's actually made a whole nother career out of it. So now he does both. So he's a career musician and a computer programmer. And this just goes to show that, you know what? Just because you're a musician, it doesn't mean you only have to do music. Diversification is key, right? We learned that in in investing. So why not in the cultivation of your career? Diversify. And if you feel led to do something else other than music, there is nothing wrong with that. Please do not let anybody tell you there is. And do not let your peers and colleagues pressure you into thinking that you're not a pure musician. (laughs) That's a bunch of baloney. Thank you for tuning in. To help support this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and, of course, hit that big subscribe button. I love bringing you behind the scenes and sharing valuable insight from the world's leading experts in music and entertainment. I'm just a nomad, nowhere man Writing the songs in this one-man band A nomad
Drummers! So you're watching an amazing drummer on YouTube, and they're playing something so crazy, you just can't figure it out. If only you can tap this drummer on the shoulder and say, hey, can you slow it down and break it down for me, man? PossibleChops.com does exactly that. They've asked some of the top-of-the-line drummers to play in short, digestible phrases some of their craziest chops. Then they slow it down and transcribe it so you can actually learn what the heck they're doing. They're making chops possible. Now, PossibleChops.com is an online drum lesson website that makes it easy to add to your drumming vocabulary from some of the baddest professional drummers. And when I say baddest, I mean the dopest, illest, most ridiculousest drummers you ever heard. Imagine getting a breakdown from drummers who played with the likes of Usher, Earth, Wind & Fire, Chick Corea, Babyface, Sheryl Crow, Tony Braxton, and the list goes on. The PossibleChops.com community is designed to allow drummers to share ideas and help you on your path to becoming a pro and getting gigs. That's right, folks, actually getting real gigs. If you're serious about drumming, do yourself a favor and visit PossibleChops.com. Join today and basic membership is free. However, If you decide to upgrade to a pro membership, use the promo code NOMAD to get your first free month. That's right, folks. Use coupon code NOMAD and you get the whole first month absolutely free. Adding new chops are now made possible for drummers on PossibleChops.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 